Hi, everybody, and welcome to my podcast, Storytime with Mrs. Somerville. This is my very first episode, so I'm pretty excited to be getting started. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about inner reading voices or the importance of doing the voices as um, you read storybooks to children. Um, This is actually one of the biggest complaints that my kindergarten students will have um, when they've got their Uh, It's time for story time or bedtime uh, at home, and it's time for mom or dad or grandma or big brother or big sister to come in and read a a story to them, or even, unfortunately, when I am not at school and I have a guest teacher spending the day uh, with my superstar students, um, I will often get feedback from my students saying, oh, Miss So-and-so didn't, she didn't read the book right, or... No, you know, my mom has to read the books because my dad doesn't do it right. Uh, And most often than not, more often than not, um, what my kids are complaining about is something as simple as um, the reader not doing the voices, not reading with expression, um, not simply following even the punctuation that's (laughs) in the story. Uh, Those kinds of cues have to be taken into consideration by anyone who is reading uh, out loud a book to a child. And the book I'm going to be kind of uh, using for examples in this podcast is by Mo Willems. Uh, Waiting is not easy. And that is how I would uh, read the title of the book to my students. But thank you, Mo Willems, because uh, he gave permission for teachers to uh, read his books during COVID-19 and our stay-at-home orders, and I read so many of his books um, during the videos that I uh, recorded and shared with families and students during continuous learning here in Kansas. So waiting is not easy, and it's a Gerald and Picky book. So there's a... um, One character is Gerald, he's an elephant, and the other character is a piggy, and she's pink, and he is gray, and Mo Willem's Elephant and Piggy books uh, are filled with simple sight words um, and punctuation. And Mo Willem's changes the the size of the text, of the font, um, uses a lot of... um, very expressively drawn text um, in an effort to help children develop that sense of voice within a story. And so let me just read the first few pages um, in a way that most children and most people would actually say is wrong. Okay, so the title is Waiting is Not Easy by Mo Willems. Gerald, I have a surprise for you. Yay, what is it? The surprise is a surprise. Oh, is it big? Yes. Is it pretty? Yes. Can we share it? Yes. I cannot wait. You will have to. Wait, what, why? The surprise is not here yet. So I will have to wait for it. Yes. Now that's 19 pages. And as cute and as engaging as the illustrations are, I, oh, (laughs) that is not how anyone should read 
a picture book. Um, let's start again. Compare it to the next reading. You'll hear me turning the pages. Waiting is not easy by Mo Willems. Gerald! I have a surprise for you. Yay! What is it? The surprise is a surprise. Oh. Is it big? Yes. Is it pretty? Yes. Can we share it? Yes. I cannot wait. You will have to wait. What? Why? The surprise is not here yet. So I will have to wait for it? Yes. Now, if you were a child, or frankly, any human being, most human beings, you would have found the second reading um, much more expressive and much more engaging um, uh, as an audience member, as a listener. Um, but oftentimes, I will hear that families will focus more on reading the text and reading the text accurately rather than reading the text expressively. And that, doing that, um, makes me want to take parents aside and say, here, it's okay, number one, to rehearse. When you buy a child's book, a children's book, or when someone gives your child a book, don't do a cold read with your child. Get that book, um, go sit in a chair, go sit on the couch, go sit somewhere kind of quiet where you can enjoy it and flip through the pages. Look at the illustrations. Um, Figure out who the characters are and what the setting is. Read the story. Read it again. Um, in many or most cases, there's actual um, emotion that is being expressed by any or all of the characters throughout the story. Um, the second thing I would love to suggest to parents, you know, aside from not doing the cold read, um, is to slow down definitely alter your pacing as you read the story. Think about what it might sound like um, if you were overhearing a conversation between these characters. Read the book as if you were listening in on a conversation. It wouldn't be fast-paced. Um, if any families or if you know any listeners have um, checked in and seen any of the videos that were uh, produced as story times by some um, uh, very famous readers and very famous uh, personalities. Um, when the stay-at-home order was first issued, some of them read beautifully. Uh, and then I was really, really surprised to figure out that many actors and actresses just sped through reading the book. They didn't have um, a time limit. They didn't have uh, anybody that was going to cut them off midstream. So I didn't quite understand why they were rushing through the reading. Um, but that's the second suggestion that I would uh, make to parents 
First, don't ever read the book cold. Second, um, slow down. Practice reading it out loud as if you were doing all of the parts of a conversation. Um, uh, Third, make sure that when you're reading with your child, he or she can see the pictures and that you're not, again, with, with pacing that's too fast, you're not turning the pictures, you know, the pages so quickly that you're kind of pacing the reading and the story and the appreciation and enjoyment of the book um, yourself. Your child should be the one who takes the book uh, in his or her hands and turns the pages with you or for you when he or she is is done with that page, is done looking at the illustrations and done looking at all of the chicken scratch that is the text and the punctuation. Um, and when you do the voices, when you go into character, um, just like my example from earlier, I don't know what an elephant sounds like. I don't know what a pig would sound like (laughs) if either of those animals spoke out loud in English. Um, But I did kind of assume that the bigger elephant would have a deeper voice and Piggy being a girl would have a higher voice. And so I altered my voice without going Um, without trying to sound like a completely different person or a completely different animal, I altered my voice enough to give the characters a little more character in their voices. Um, An easier way to understand it is many people remember being read uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And they know that Papa Bear, Mama Bear, and Baby Bear didn't sound the same. Papa Bear had a great big voice. Mama Bear had a medium-sized voice, and Baby Bear had a wee little voice. So it may feel kind of fake, but you're not trying to voice yourself as you read a story. Um, That would be my third tip. Try to imagine what the characters might sound like, and you're probably not going to get it perfect, but you're not going to get this great approximation of it. Um, But you are going to bring your child into the experience of reading the book um, if you do this. And that's what you want to do. You want your child to appreciate books, enjoy books, look forward to books, want to read books, and want to eventually learn to read for him or herself. Um, So that voice is very, very important. There's uh, an abstract. It's kind of funny. I saw a journal. Uh, The journal is called Psychosis. (laughs) Um, Psychological, Social, and uh, Integrative Approaches um, uh, a couple of months ago. And I think it was published in 2000, oh, I want to say 16, 17. It's probably four years old, four or five years old. Um, And the abstract Let me see if I have it here. Okay. Inner Reading Voices, an Overlooked Form of Inner Speech by Ruvani P. Vilhauer. And this is what the abstract said. And I I saved this. I actually took a screenshot of it so I could go back to it. And I was very happy to find it again. Um, But here's the abstract. It says, Inner Speech is Theorized 
to be the basis for auditory verbal hallucinations, but few empirical studies have examined the uh, phenomenology of inner speech, particularly while reading. 160 posts from a popular question and answer community website were analyzed using a qualitative content analysis approach to examine the phenomenology. I'm going to have to practice that one, aren't I? That's a new word to me. Of inner reading voices, IRVs, inner reading voices. Results indicated that many individuals report routinely experiencing inner reading voices, which often have the auditory qualities of overt speech, such as recognizable um, identity, gender, pitch, loudness, and emotional tone. Now, these IRVs, these inner reading voices, were sometimes identified as the reader's own voices and sometimes as the voices of other people. Some individuals reported that IRVs were continuous with audible thoughts. Both controllable and uncontrollable IRVs were reported. IRVs may provide evidence for individual variation in imagery vividness and support for inner speech accounts of um, the auditory verbal hallucinations. So while I have no medical need or interest to find out uh, if I'm hearing a voice that's, you know, caused by a hallucination, I did have a discussion with my husband and I, I've told him several times, you know, if I'm going to be reading a book, I need to go into another room. I need to not have the TV on. If I'm listening to music, it has to be instrumental music. I can't hear words. Otherwise, the dialogue that I'm hearing from maybe the news being broadcast on the television or over the radio or the, um, uh, music that has lyrics um, and has an upbeat tempo or a slow tempo or a, you know whatever um, that kind of sets the tone and the dialogue um, and the mood of the voice that I'm trying to hear through another book you know I'm trying to hear the author's voice or I'm trying to hear a character's voice and I can't if I'm hearing you know, somebody talking on the news, or if I hear somebody on reality TV, or if I hear my husband talking on the phone, I hear him. Um, and so I like to personally read in a, in a quieter area. Well, my husband does not hear these voices. Um, when he reads a book, a hunting book, you know, hunting stories, Alaska tales, he doesn't hear anybody's voice but his own. And that's, that was incredible to me. I just assumed that everyone who liked to read and who loved reading did so because they became fully immersed um, because of the voices that they could hear. You know, that's, why do I watch TV? Well, I become very engaged and, and you know, um, interested in and invested in the characters. Um, and the emotions and the sentiment and, you know, all of that. I feel the same way when it comes to books. And so it was very odd to me um, when my husband and I had this discussion, you know, to find out that he, he didn't hear the voices. He also doesn't remember anyone ever reading to him and doing the voices. Not his grandmother reading to him, not his mother, not his teachers. Um, kind of made me want to cry. So now that I'm, you know, he and I are both in, in our 50s, um, I've started to read 
uh, a little bit to him. There are times when we just keep the TV off and I start reading out loud and he listens to it. And um, even today, even even at our age, it's important. That's that's how you become interested in a story and you become engrossed in it and, and you want to learn more. And so I happen to think that the earlier you start, the better. So parents, please read more. Remember that the best app for reading with your child is your lap. The best app is your lap. Thank you for joining me today and listening to me rant and rave a bit about what I think um, any reader of uh, children's books ought to do to uh, really engage the listener. And I hope you will join me next time.